Good morning. I want to invite you to participate in one of my most favorite worship services of the entire Christian year. A worship service we call Ash Wednesday. It's a service which we do at the beginning of Lent every year as we journey toward Easter. Uh, it's my favorite worship service because uh, it helps us prepare for Easter morning. It encourages us to intentionally slow down and reflect upon our lives and our relationship with Christ. It is a, a service which encourages us to uh, listen to God's guidance as he redirects us and helps us to readjust our lives so that we might experience the love of Christ each and every day. And it's a worship service in which we are encouraged during Lent to allow the Spirit to renew us and reshape us so that on Easter morning, not only do we join together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but we join to celebrate how God has worked in our lives through the Lenten season to draw us closer to him and enable us to live and to love like him. I hope you'll join us on February 26th at 6.30 as we kick off the Lenten season with Ash Wednesday worship. For this Lenten season, we are offering a time of learning and fellowship for parents with children still in school. We are calling this group Adulting Together. We will meet Sunday mornings at 8.55 a.m. and we'll begin with a short video that will show at exactly 9 a.m. So don't be late because the video will be the topic of our gathering. We will be discussing a video series called Easter Upside Down. Here is a promotional video. Next year in Jerusalem, we always say, Messiah will come. It's always the same. Sometimes it, it seems so far away. He picks up that man's ear. He puts it right on his head. Like it always been there. You know the sound a wave makes after it hits the shore? And how quiet it gets after a few seconds? That was Jesus. When he spoke, it was like a, a rolling wave. I did something I had not planned. I covered, I covered his feet with my hair, washing them with my tears. I had no choice. He was Messiah, worthy of anointing. I hope you'll take advantage of that opportunity to uh, join together with a group of adults uh, for the Lenten season. And I hope you'll join us as we begin um, a new uh, series um, a week from now 
Um, and we are invited to uh, journey with Jesus and allow the Spirit to shape us and to form us. And so I hope that you'll begin by participating uh, with the Ash Wednesday service this Wednesday at 6.30 as we simply seek to open ourselves up so that God might continue to shape us and to form us so that we might go forth to make a difference in the lives of other people. Let us be reminded as we gather here this morning, and, and you, you'll notice we are doing something a little different. This morning, um, the choir folks are sitting with their family this day, and um, the band, they need a name, by the way. So if y'all can come up with a name for the band. The name the band is taken from some 60s, 70s group, so we can't use just the band. We can't just use the band? No, that was, that's taken. Is, there, is that copyrighted? I'm sure it is, yes. They, they had a couple hit songs, I'm sure it's copyrighted, <laughs> so... I wouldn't know. <laughs> you, you're still working on it. But we, we need a name for the band, okay? Uh, but they're going to be leading us in uh, worship this morning. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I am looking forward to it. Um, and so I invite you to stand as we are reminded that we gather in this space um, not to just hear from the band. But we gather in this space to hear from God and to hear God's Spirit speak to us through all that we do in this service. We gather together in anticipation and expectation uh, that God will come and speak in the very depths of our hearts, that God will come and continue to shape us and to form us so that we might be the people God intended us to be, a people that offer healing, and wholeness in this upside-down world. And so, let us celebrate Christ's presence among us this day. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb Desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. Is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living 
Heavenly Father, we gather here in this place. Your holy word says to sing new songs to you. Your word says to worship you with many instruments, hopefully in the right key. So we gather in this place trying to sing on key, but hey, that's our life, I think. What a great introduction. Unintentional, but reminder that even at our best, sometimes we're still off key. But we gather in this place, however off key we may be, we gather here to worship you with all that we are, to lift our songs to you, to lift our lives to you. Not just with words that we may know from songs we've sang for a long time or new songs that we've just learned these last few weeks, not just with our mouths, mouthing the word and humming the tune, but from the core of our being, from our very souls, we come worshiping you. We welcome you in this place as we gather in the name of Christ our Savior, and we come before you with joy, with thanksgiving, we come before you with all that we are, that we may be filled with all that you are. In Christ's name, amen. Great thou art, 
then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Amen. Please be seated. Oh, don't sit down yet. Wait a second. Greet each other as the kids come forward for children's time. Well, hello there. What's that? You're here. Oliver. I don't wear glasses, and I have this at home. Oh my goodness! It's it's good to be able to wear a shirt like that today, isn't it? And you're here. Hello. How are you? Good. We have been learning for the last several weeks about what it means to follow Jesus, yes? Y'all remember that? Kinda? Have any of you been reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, there we go. A couple of you. Awesome. I don't know. I don't. Star Wars. Oh my goodness, a man after my heart. All right. Uh, is that right? Hmm. Okay. So, where am I headed with this? I, I, I thought I knew. Uh, <laughs> you want to trade places? <laughs> uh, so, what have you learned about following Jesus? Anybody? How, how, how is it we act if we're going to follow Jesus? What kinds of things do we need to do? Anybody tell me? Yes, ma'am? Be kind to others? Okay. Yes? Random acts of kindness? Okay, good. Help people? Good. Yes, sir? Pray? Good. Yes, sir? Just smile and be happy? Yeah, that works too sometimes, right? Just, you know, it's amazing what just smiling at people can do sometimes and what a difference it can make if you smile at somebody, especially somebody who's... Have you ever tried that, somebody who's grumpy? Have you ever tried to smile at them and just see what happens? (laughs) Try that sometimes. When you're grumpy, look in a mirror and smile at yourself and see if it works. What do you think? Um, I digress. So... Uh, the, the question is, as we've been, we've been listening to this sermon that Jesus gave, 
uh, because uh, Jesus was really trying to teach us how to live well here in this world. Yes? Sometimes we think that following Jesus is just about worrying about what happens to people after they die and whether they go to heaven, rather than realizing it is about how we live life here and now. Okay? You think you can remember that? So following Jesus is, uh, we follow Jesus so that he can continue to shape us and to form us so that we can be his hands and feet. And when we're his hands and feet, we're kind to people and we help other people, right? And do you remember a couple of weeks ago, um, Jesus summed up what it meant to follow him? Does anybody remember what he said? No? How are you supposed to treat other people? like you want to be treated, right? Um, If we can remember that simple thing, and when we have a hard time treating people the way we want to be treated, if we can simply remember to say, Dear Jesus, help me to treat people the way I want to be treated, we might discover that it begins to make a difference in the people around us and in our own lives. You think you can try that? Maybe, maybe not. Are you all awake? Huh. Okay. Can you all help me with something? Um, I'm going to have you stand up, and you're going to help me lead the congregation as we do this affirmation of faith. And an affirmation of faith means that we are just going to say things that we, we're going to read what's on the screen, and, and, and this is our way of saying things that we believe. And so as you read this, think about what it means, okay? Can you do that with me? All right. What's that? Okay. Hopefully, stand. Stand. Okay. Follow their lead. Okay, are you ready? We're going to read what's up here. Ready? Okay, here we go. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, and to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen. Our judge and our hope In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Can you remember that this week? If nothing else, remember that you are not alone, that God is with you and God goes with you, and he wants to help you the very best to treat others in the way that he has treated us and that you want to be treated, okay? Let's pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for your presence among us. Um, Fill us with your Holy Spirit and enable us to be your people, a life-giving community of people who help folks connect with you and grow in relationship with you. In Christ's name, on all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right. Let's all join our voices in song. that the highest king would welcome me. 
philosopher, he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me, who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed, I'm a child of God, yes, I am. last he has ransomed me his grace runs me while i was a slave to sin jesus died for me yes he died for me who the sun sets free desperately in our lives let us feel your presence now in this place in a mighty way let us feel your hand upon our heart your words within our ears your direction before our path Lord we need you Lord I
something a little different today. Um, I'm a little intimidated, but um, I'm going to share the Sermon on the Mount in the character today, um, in the character of Jesus. Now, any of you want to want to try that? So I, I, I got a costume. It, it's not a very good one, I'll admit, okay? Um, I've, I got a costume to try to help me. So if you'll just give me a second. Um, well, I see if I can get in character, all right? I'm pretty sure Jesus wore a hat. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. She has sent me to share the good news with anyone and everyone who will listen. I have been sent to announce release to all who find themselves in bondage and separation from God. 
I have been sent to open up the eyes of those who have lost sight of God's way. I have been sent in order to set you free so that you might worship and follow God in all of the Spirit's power so that this world might flourish and know true happiness. And so I come this day to share good news, to invite you to participate in a life that brings about true happiness and human flourishing. But as strangely as this sounds, this path to human flourishing, this path to true happiness, it begins with people who are in touch with the hopelessness that exists in this world. People either who have experienced that themselves or people who see it in the eyes of others that they know. It begins with people who mourn and grieve over the fact that this world is not the way that the Father and the Spirit and I intended it to be when we created it. It begins with the people who realize that they have been a part of the brokenness that exist in this world and realize that their own hearts and lives need to be changed and transformed if this world is to be set aright. No, it begins with the people who realize and recognize that they live in an upside-down world. And it begins with such people because when people realize that, then they truly begin to hunger and thirst for God's ways. They begin to realize if this world is indeed to flourish and people are to know love, that only God's ways will prevail. And so they hunger and thirst at the deepest levels of their being and they are satisfied because God sends me and God sends the Spirit to point the way. Such people not only hunger and thirst for this way, but they begin to live it out. Such people begin to show mercy to other people rather than to retaliate or to demand punishment. Such people look at other people in the world and they see them through the eyes of the Father and I. They see all the potential that you have. They see the way that God created you and intended you to be. And they long that that's who you would be and who they might be. 
They are people who have seen the light and no longer want to contribute to the brokenness, no longer want to be part of the troublemakers in this world, but they want to be part of the peacemakers and the people who bring healing. And they have committed that they will live in that way regardless of what others might say about them because they know that the true reward and that the, the true meaning of life True happiness only comes by living in communion with the Father and the Spirit and myself. Yes, you see, you too may know true happiness and human flourishing when despite the fact that the rest of the world laughs and ridicules at my teaching and says, what a foolish way to live in this world. That is no way to get ahead. You continue to remain committed. And above all else, you want to live in such a way that you bring about God's good purposes in this world. You see, you and other people like you have been called to this place, have been called together because you are invited to be the salt of the earth. You are invited to be God's seasoning in the midst of this upside-down world. You are invited to be that glimpse that people gather of what life could be if they too knew God. You are invited to be the light that shines forth in the midst of darkness that gives other people hope. That give other people this sense that all indeed can and will be well. But you see, this path is not an easy path. This invitation to join in this journey is not just some uh, simple, easy way. If you've been on the journey for long, you, you know that this, this journey that you've been called on, this, this way of life that you've been called on, is more than just following a set of rules. Yes? You know that this journey is more than just having a, a list of things to do and not to do. You know that it's more than just understanding what the minimum is that you can do so that when you die, you might go to heaven. I Don't get me wrong, rules are good. Do's and don'ts are good. They set wonderful parameters for how we should exist in this world, but they don't really transform the world, do they? They don't really transform the world. If the world is to be transformed, if we are to put an end to this uh, upside-down world and this brokenness, it has to come from the heart. It has to come from changed hearts, not just ways of lives that we do because we are obligated to a list of rules. I mean, you all know, right? 
do not kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit it. I mean, you, those are still important things. Even people who don't know God abide by those rules, don't they? And we still have an upside-down world. You see, there's more to it. Let me give you some examples. Do not murder. Wonderful. But you know we will always struggle with, with people who murder either physically or with their words as long as hatred resides in our hearts. As long as hatred and resentment fester in our hearts, we may not. You may not go and kill somebody, at least with some weapon. And yet, you know, if hatred and resentment reside in your heart, eventually it erupts out of your mouth and your actions, and you do great harm to other people. See, if true flourishing is to exist, I encourage you, let loose of the hatred and resentment that is in your hearts. When you find yourself in conflict with other people, seek to resolve the, the conflict as quickly as possible. And be willing to compromise, not always seek that your way be Done. Do you see the picture? How much greater of a place the world would be if that we not only worried about not murdering people, if you also let go of your hatred and your resentment. And, and, and I don't know about these followers of God throughout time. Uh, I mean, long ago, we gave a commandment to our people that said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And somehow, the people heard that. And they thought that that meant that God is a God of retaliation and getting even. And they forgot that the context in which we gave that was when people would get a scratch on their arm and they'd decide to cut the pers other person's arm off or kill them. It was, it was words and laws and boundaries given to prevent people from continuing to perpetuate revenge and retaliation. It was never meant that indeed if somebody cut your finger off, you should go cut their finger off. It was encouraged. It was intended to encourage my people not to be a people of retaliation and revenge. but to be a people who show mercy as I have showed mercy. Intended to encourage folks to find a way to restore people. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people shouldn't make restitution or they shouldn't um, experience consequences of what they've done wrong. But as long as you create justice systems which purpose is solely to punish people and make them suffer as much as, as possible and to get your pound of flesh out of them, we will continue to live in an upside-down world. 
See, God's justice system, God's justice system for you was to invite you, not to punish you. God's justice system is one that seeks to discipline and have people pay restitution so that they might indeed have an opportunity to change and be transformed, so that they might be reconciled, and so that eventually they might be restored into the people of God, not to be perpetually separated with no hope of ever experiencing life as God intended it. And then... We tell you to love your neighbor as yourself. And some people hear that. And they immediately go, so who's my neighbor? Who is it I don't have to love? You know, to, to find my neighbor so I know who it is that I have to love. You've missed the point. And so let me make it clear. I want you to love not only the people who do good things to you and treat you nicely. I want you to love people who don't treat you so nicely. People who step on your toes and slap you in the back of the head and cut you off. I want you to love those people too. In fact, what I really want you to do is I want you to show neighborly love to anyone and everyone you come into contact with. Can I be more clear? I want you to love people in the way I love you. Did I demand that you straighten up and fly right? Before, I said you are my children and I invited you to be a part of my community. No, indeed. I hope that you will learn to indeed to live and to love as God intended people to live and love in creation, to live in harmony with God and with each other. Are you getting a picture that this way is not too easy? And please don't, you know, don't misunderstand the purpose of religion and spiritual practices. I mean, I hope you realize that you are not called and you don't gather here you're not called to do good deeds and to, and to pray and, and to sacrifice so that you can like, make sure everybody else in Cameron sees how good a people that we are. Yes? I hope that, we, that you don't see your faith and your religion as a way to get ahead or away uh, so that you can look at yourself and think you are more superior than others. Because I tell you, if that's your purpose of gathering for worship, of praying, of reading Scripture, if that's your purpose, the only reward you will get is that people will say you're a good person. 
And you know how fickle people can be, right? You'll just be a good person for a day or two. No, seek to please the one. Seek to do these things. To worship. To be generous. To pray. To fast. To sacrifice. To read scripture. Seek to do all of those things. Not to gain the attention of other people. But to open up yourselves to a greater fullness of the Spirit's presence in your life. And that's the reward you will get. The Spirit will be upon you. And you, you will truly make a difference in the lives of other people in this world, in the here and the now. Do you see the real purpose of religion? And really, just ending every statement you make with God bless America isn't going to do the trick. And I hope you've learned by now. Are you ready? Get your feet up off the ground. I hope you've learned by now. You cannot serve God in wealth. You cannot chase after God and the American dream. It cannot be done. At some point, they're going to clash. And you're going to pick and choose which one you follow. And way too many people in the world who have tried that, they choose to follow and chase after the American dream rather than chase after God. You'll begin to believe that the only place your security comes from is how much you have in the bank and how much you have built up. You will begin to think uh, that that is where your security comes from and you just have to keep seeking more and more and more because you will never have enough to satisfy the deep longing in the depths of your being. The only way to satisfy that longing is to know God and be known by God. You will think the answer and the path to happiness is to accumulate and to consume as much as you can. And one day you'll wake up and you'll discover it is never delivered the happiness that you want because true happiness only comes from living in communion with the one who created you. You chase after the American dream versus chasing after God. Someday you will have to choose if you are only going to rub shoulders with the people who can help you get ahead in the world, of people who can make you look better, who can provide opportunities and networking for you. You're going to have to decide and be challenged whether or not those are the only people that you are going to engage with. And so when God calls you to go to a people who seem to in no way, shape, or fashion benefit you, but people whom you might come alongside of and help to lift up out of their situation, you'll say, let somebody else do that. I'm chasing this dream.
I know. There were people who tell you, you can chase after both. But do you see, at some point in time, they're going to clash. In fact, you know this. You have experienced that. What choices have you made? And what choices will you make in the future? This I promise you. If you seek after God's ways, if you seek to live in connection and communion with God first and foremost, you won't have to worry about security and happiness and status. You won't have to think that your worth is all determined by what you do and how productive you are. You will discover that you are simply of worth because you are a child of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. You're not going to experience those things in the way that the world says that you experience them, but you'll experience them in a deeper level. You'll have a contentment and a joy that goes beyond description and words. And you'll discover that even in this upside-down world, you can feel secure. You can experience pleasure and happiness and joy without chasing the American dream. Try it someday. I think you'll like it. One more thing. You are called to be the people of God. Not just because you are a special chosen people whose status is big. You're not called to be the people of God or to be my followers just for your sake. You are called to be the salt and the light so that you can make a difference in the lives of other people. And guess what? The best way to make a difference in the lives of other people is not to go stand on the street corner and as they walk by, go, you sinner! You're going to hell! You're not living the way Jesus wants you to live! I know, none of you all do that. Not in that form or fashion. But I wonder if, wonder if you do that in your head. The way to invite people to discover the kingdom of God is not to condemn them. It's not to tell them that they live in a miserable, broken world and that they're contributing to it. My guess is they know that. They just don't know what the path forward is. And guess what? If you stand out and you, and you, and you tell them that you've got all the answers... They're going to start taking a closer look at your life. And they might start pointing out, well, huh, that's interesting. I saw you doing this last week and that last week. Now see, the path to inviting other people to join in the adventure is to come alongside of people. To come alongside of them wherever they may be. To get to know who they are and what they're about. 
to invite them into your lives so that they might invite you into their lives and so that together you might help each other get rid of those tiny little specks that you have. I know nobody has any major logs in their lives right now. You can help each other get rid of those tiny little specks so that you will look more like God intended you to be. Doesn't that make sense? And look, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't ask you to do anything I haven't done. Why did, why did God send me down here? To condemn? To save. To offer healing and hope for the broken. Why do you think you would be called to live in any different way. And and it really boils down to this. It boils down to what your brilliant pastor said to those children. You heard him, right? (laughs) Treat others the way you would like to be treated. Don't do to others things you don't want done to you. Now that boils it down pretty simple. But it doesn't make it easy, does it? Do you hear me? I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to make you feel this big because you're like, man, I got a long ways to go. came in hopes that you would capture the vision. The vision of what life can be like and what life is like when you allow the Spirit to guide you when you follow my ways, when you seek communion with God above all else. Please stop paying attention to those false teachers You know, the ones who tell you that I came to make it easy. Yeah, all you got to do is say a prayer. God, forgive me. And then um, if you want to change, it's optional. But really, you can just keep doing what you're doing. No problem. It's easy. I came so that every time you do something wrong, you can say, oh, well, no big deal. God forgives me. They're wrong, people. They're wrong. The path to following God and my ways is a difficult path. We've got all of this muck and all of these years in which we have been told that we are to live, that you are to live in this certain way. And it's wrong. And even people in the church, even pastors and congregations, in attempts to simplify it and make it sound easy, send you down the wrong path. 
Some false teachers even tell you, yes, you can chase after God and the American dream. You can have both. In fact, what God wants for you is that you will have the American dream. That is God's definition of happiness. <sighs> That's another sermon. And a lot more scripture. But I assure you that God's happiness and human flourish do not go through the path of the American dream. They go through the path of cruciform love that I came to demonstrate to you. <sighs> Run from those who tell you that it's easy. Search and look for that narrow gate and that rough road and join the adventure. Begin to build your life on the foundations of my teaching. And then, when this world throws whatever it throws at you, when you experience trouble in this upside-down world, because you will surely experience it, you will know that it did not come from God. It did not come from me. And you will know a presence that sustains you in the, in the midst of life's most difficult situations. I could go on forever. Randy Relford's not here. <laughs> right? Wonder if he'd time me too. Oh, he's probably watching. Hmm, he'll call me later. Do you hear the invitation? You are invited to follow me, to follow my teachings. If there is any hope in the world, it will only come when people gather around me and my teaching and form life-giving communities that seek to give the world a glimpse of what it could be if only we all would chase after God first and foremost. Maybe I'm naive. I like to believe that if such communities were formed and lived in places like Cameron and other places, that people wouldn't have to be told how bad life is, but they would see how life-giving and affirming such communities were. And they would say, can we join you in this journey? Will you follow this day? Ushers, please come forward. You're invited at this time to just reflect 
on what you're chasing after and who you're chasing after. You're invited in this time as you give of your tithes and your offering to offer up yourselves to God, to share with God what it is you really desire and long for, and then to trust that God will meet that need. Gracious God, we give thanksgiving for the gifts, for the givers, for all the people in this room. May your spirit be poured out upon them, that they may know your ways, that they may know your voice, and that they may follow it in all that they do. In Christ's name, amen. Please join us. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase.
in us we pray unveil why we're made come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls holy spirit come invade us now Having heard Jesus' invitation, 
to make his kingdom a reality in this world. Let us go forth in the power of the Spirit in all confidence set afire to share his love and his grace with whomever we encounter so that not only us but our community and Cameron and the world might know true happiness and true human flourishing. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to be God's kingdom people. Amen. Before you leave, I'd like to ask, uh, I'd like to invite you all to join us again next Sunday. We have a very special service. Um, next Sunday is Confirmation Sunday. We have one young man and three young ladies that are going to come and they're going to make their profession of faith. They're going to take their place in God's kingdom as God's people. And so it's going to be a wonderful Sunday. Please join us.